Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Agnes London podcast, a podcast all about all things sustainability and well-being. I'm your host, Sophie, and this week I am chatting to Charlotte Williams, founder of 76 Agency. 76 is a diversity-focused social media influencer marketing agency. Charlotte also has her own podcast, Sustainably Influenced, as well. We're chatting about diversity within the marketing and influencer industry, advice for small brands looking to work with influencers, and Charlotte's experience of founding 76. I hope you find this episode as interesting and as insightful as I did. Hey, Charlotte, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my podcast. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about what you do? Because I know you have a few different things going on as well. (laughs) Yeah, so my name is Charlotte Williams. I'm the founder of 76 Agency, which is a diversity focused influence marketing agency based in London. As well as that, I'm also an influencer and host a podcast called, or co-host a podcast called uh, sustainably influenced with my best friend Bianca Foley. So where did the idea for the agency come from? Had you worked in agencies beforehand? No so I've always worked in-house marketing since like 2013. I've always worked around social media content and events like community-led events mm-hmm. be that influencers or industry leaders depending on which uh, job we're talking about. But um I decided to go freelance in 2018 and then with that came just like lots of opportunity and lots of like insight. I freelanced a little bit for an agency and um, the agent 76 as an agency itself came from a gap in the market. It was a, um, because we're focused around diversity, there isn't really another agency that I'm aware of that that does that. Um, That's their focus. Mm We started because there is a real lack of, well, we, recently in the last couple of weeks, I think things have changed, but there is a real lack of um, inclusivity mainly with, uh, within influencer marketing. Brands and PRs aren't using diverse uh, influencer groups for their campaigns. Internally, the teams are very homogenous. So it's very much focused around, you know, one story mm-hmm. and, I had issues with going to events and being the one person of colour or even the one black person in the room. My friends had the same, be that LGBTQ representative, plus size representative, whatever it may be. There's so many people I know that have been the one, the token, mm. and it just got a bit too much. And I think we all needed somewhere to kind of go for representation. And that's where 76 came from. So have the last few weeks with Pride Month and with the Black Lives Matter movement as well, Have that has that made like a significant difference to your agency? Yeah, we've really, we've been really, really busy and it's been a welcomed busyness. It's just been a bit bittersweet. Mm. And so with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement after the death of George Floyd, that's when things started to get really busy for us. And you know, it's really exciting to see people taking note of black content creators and even people of colour content creators, which have come on the back of that, um, and seeing their worth and seeing how important they are to a um, a marketing strategy in general. Um, we're getting a lot of requests for diversity consultancy, which is something we've always offered since we started, since the birth of the agency. It's been always something on our roster. It's just something that no one ever thought they needed. Um, but now we're doing a lot with 
companies large and small black owned not black owned you know it's something that people are wanting to get in so that they can really make a difference and I think what's really exciting is we're not just seeing white owned brands or majority white team brands ask for it we're seeing other ethnicities um come to us for it because they just want to make sure that they're definitely making a difference and they've got their long-term vision sorted so yeah it's all been really exciting it's just a bit overwhelming (laughs) yeah yeah I'm sure it has and obviously the long-term vision is really important isn't it it's you know not just that you do it for a week or a month it's you know this is this is like long-term changes within a company exactly yeah yeah so can we talk a bit about the kind of sustainability and influence aspects because I think sometimes those are two words that don't always like go well together in a sentence um and I'm sure you must have found that having worked in this industry since like 2013 when I guess influencer wasn't really a term that we would have used back then so I'm Mm -hmm. interested to kind of hear more about your experience of the the rise of the influencer and how that can fit in with also the rise of um, sustainability and living a sustainable lifestyle the term influencers so I just find it really funny it's just as such a generic term it doesn't really mean anything Mm. it's just like a word so yeah it's quite marmite as well isn't it like people either love it or they hate it so statistics show that um consumers despise influencers that it you know there's stats I can't remember off the top of my head but there's stats showing that the word influencer is people hate Mm. whatever that means but there's also statistics that show that consumers like content that influencers push (laughs) so I think the problem that we have is with the word not Mm. necessarily with what influencer marketing actually is um I think with the rise of influencer marketing it's you know it's good and bad we're seeing on the bad side you know if we think about sustainability fast fashion is this unstoppable force that we can't really get to grips with I think we've seen over the last um, week some press of some um, well-known brands being kind of put in spotlight with uh, their ethics and that's kind of made people shout out a bit about you know where they sit as an influencer working with different brands which is really really great to see but I think it's quite difficult um to navigate that whole side of whether or not you work with fast fashion brands because they do don't they tend to have the budget to work with you um and they're much easier to work with so yeah um the whole influencer side is really interesting and it's really interesting when it links to sustainability because being an influencer in my mind just be just means you have an influence on someone or something so be that you create content that is brand focused or purpose focused it doesn't matter what you're pushing but whatever you're pushing your audience wants so you can be a fashion influencer but within that you could work with fast fashion brands you could be slow fashion you know you could talk about sustainability it could be vintage secondhand whatever you want it to be you're still an influencer regardless of what it is you're choosing to push as well as that there's the whole idea of you know activists becoming influencers now so working um to working towards a cause their their content and their channels are purpose-driven and they are um you know pushing a message that will lead to change in whichever field that they you know they're, they're hoping to change in and I think the term influencer can be really negative but when we hear it but actually I know so many influencers that are creating incredible 
change and doing amazing things to raise awareness and to get the word out there for whatever that you know is that they're talking about be that period poverty period plastic trans activism lgbtq rights black rights people of color rights Muslim rights whatever you know there's so many people who are doing incredible things on the internet and i think when we think about influence marketing that's what we want we should be promoting and we should be thinking about and if we push that side of it then you know this industry can become something really exciting so yeah with the sustainability side if we see a rise in influencers changing the way they work with PRs changing the way they work with brands and you know expecting more then things will change for example a few years ago brands were just sending out packages and there was no thought into what those packages were made out of how you know they were affecting the environment and now a lot of brands have a lot of PRs and brands sorry have focused on creating packaging that because they know how many packages an influencer would receive in a day creating packaging that is recycled like definitely recyclable or the contents in it are held together with biodegradable products or things that can actually not harm the environment and not add to the guilt of mm. being an influencer so I think that came from people just being like can you stop sending me packages that I can't do anything with and it's something that's still rife now I, I just um threw away all my recycling this morning whilst I was um, organizing my office and there was a few boxes and a few um packages that I got and I've had I need to message the brands to be like hey next time can you either not send me all these products because I don't need them or if you do need to send them can you just make sure you send them in a way that doesn't kind of cause me the extra stress mm. <laughs> because I have the guilt now you've given me the guilt of receiving something that I don't necessarily need it's something that you're wanting to promote and then also you haven't packaged it properly in a way that for me is like good yeah. You know, it's actually really bad the, the plastic that you're using or whatever it is that you put it in is actually really damaging to the environment and also for me damaging to my expectation of the brand. So yeah, it's a really interesting time to be an influencer and you have so much control over what the future can look like. So I think yeah, it's something exciting. Yeah, for sure. I think as well, like kind of like you were saying there, quite often the influencer has the ear of the brand a bit more than maybe yeah. the consumers do. So, you know, you can open up that conversation with them um, about changing their packaging, which might spark a thought in, you know, might spark a wider change in the company. Exactly. Because you are kind of like a representative of their consumers. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also I think and re like with influence as well, quite often we think, oh, they've just taken a picture. They've just put a picture up. Um, but like you were saying, people that are actually driving change, there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, a lot of work that goes into captions and things like that and fact checking what they're saying. You know, it's a lot more than just snapping a picture and posting it. Yeah, exactly. I think people really underestimate the amount of work that goes into content creation. Influencers are magicians I would say <laughs> the fact that if you think about an advert this is how I always think, like not all content is like this but if you think about an ad agency they'd create an advert and they'd have a whole team they'd have the model they'd have the um the videographer the editor the people that create the sets like everything is put together when an influencer creates a, pro a 
you know, campaign um, image or piece of content, they are normally everything. They are the model. They are the people that put the sets together. They're, they come up with a creative concept. They normally do their own videography or photography unless they are lucky enough to be able to hire someone, um, which will then eat into their fee. You know, they are everything. So it, a lot goes into that. And then once you've like created the, the content, you have to then edit it and, you know, make sure that it fits the requirements, be that if that's for your blog, for your YouTube channel, whatever it is, you know, it might need multiple different um, edits or whatever it might, might be. And it's just really interesting how people think, oh, they just have to post a picture. Sometimes it is just that. Mm. And I'm not going to lie that, you know, sometimes it is that. But a lot of a lot of times you have to do a lot of work and it's not you normally don't have one campaign to do you've got multiple at the same time and then as well as that you get paid to do things but there are lots of things that you create that you don't get paid for because you just need to create content to keep your channel going Mm. so yeah being an influencer is is interesting I'm not saying it's the it's the most difficult job in the world (laughs) I would never you know I'd never say that but there are reasons why I turn a lot of things down because I'm not a full-time influencer I am a founder of an agency you know with a very (laughs) a very busy schedule and I only have time to do you know very few things because I don't have time to to be everything for that campaign I don't have time to be the videographer the editor all of that and you know my team aren't paid to to create my content they're paid to do do my work like the, the work that we do for the clients so, um, yeah, it's really interesting, the expectations versus the reality. Mm, yeah. I'm interested to know what advice you'd have for small brands that want to work with influencers and content creators but don't have the budget of those big brands. So I think relationship building is really important. And that's why whenever I work with small brands and well, brands in general, I always talk about creating your community mm. because you need to figure out what it is that you're looking to drive what's the purpose and then also who's your audience who do you actually want to receive your messaging so I think having a really strong marketing strategy is like 101 like knowing who your audience are what they look like where they're you know shopping what their everyday experiences are because then you can mold your influencer network around that and of like real life people and then once you have those people it's about building relationships. If you don't have a large budget, you have the option of gifting products. But with gifting, you can't always confirm that the influencer will post. Mm. So a lot of the times you may gift, 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 which actually costs money. People think that gifting is free, but it's the cost of the stock, which you're it's, you're having to like create a negative in your kind of balance sheet. And then also the costing, the cost of postage and time mm-hmm. so those two things if you're constantly sending gifts and nothing's happening with those products so no content is created then you might be better off adding up all of that money that you've spent on what is actually zero now mm. because you've got nothing from it so maybe you know products might be might cost you like 10 pounds might be like 50 pound product it cost you 10 pounds yeah postage is going to cost you a fiver let's say that's 15 quid and then you've spent like hours researching like a day what's your day rate like 150 pounds if you're an assistant whatever that is working out who you're going to send to why don't you just put all of that money together and pay two people to create you great content build relationship with them and then start 
like working with them at a large larger scale when you have more money. Um, so I think for me, it's all about figuring out what works for you in terms of your budget, but then also as a brand, like what works for you, because there are lots of brands that do gifting and it does really well for them because it's products that people really want, like homeware, for example. You know, you might send someone some bedding or cushions or something for their house and they'll post about it because it fits in nicely with their content. But if you're competing with like fast fashion brands, you know, if you're another clothing brand or if it's jewellery or whatever it is, something that people will get a lot, there's a lot out there, you're having to compete with other brands and people probably aren't going to do much free stuff for you because you're competing against everyone else in the world. Yeah, that's such a good point about like reallocating your budget. You know, I was thinking about that a while ago when I spend money on Facebook ads and things like that. I don't always see a lot of, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't always see it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, do you know what? I'd much rather that that went in someone's pocket who's actually, you know, someone who's working for themselves, working really hard than just yeah. lining Facebook's pocket. Also, something I will add as well. If you're a brand that doesn't have, a massive budget but you want like really good content and a lot of people are like oh you need to you know get a studio to create your images whatever find a content creator that's like it could be an influencer that creates really nice content and then pay them to do your product shots they don't even have to be in the image but creating that relationship they will probably keep product and then use it later for their if, if they like what you you're selling and use it later for their own kind of feed and stuff because you've already paid them for one project I do that all the time for brands especially during lockdown they don't have a studio or anything that they can work on so they've just sent over some like it's mainly beauty but beauty products and I've met between me and my friends we've just like created some nice content for them we're not in the pictures you can't see us but um it's really cost effective because it's a lot cheaper than hiring a studio for the day and lifestyle shots seem to do a lot better for a lot of brands than um, studio shops anyway so yeah just fi- figuring out how you can be creative with your budget mm, yeah yeah there's been some really creative um like there definitely hasn't been a drop in quality of um content and things like that over lockdown you, you know I at the beginning I was thinking like is Instagram just gonna become irrelevant because no one's doing anything but it's it's almost the opposite there's been so much yeah. more creativity exactly I think it's a really this sounds awful but lockdown has been a bit of a hunger games um situation where it's kind of like sink or swim if you don't get creative and be more strategic you're probably not gonna or you probably wouldn't have seen lockdown out and you probably would yeah would have failed um because we've had to change our strategies to to get where we are now we've had to be really resilient so yeah that's one version of that Mm. how has it affected you and affected the agency as well we're digital focused so we lost a client at the beginning. Well, the, the contract was paused because mm. they were in a physical space and they couldn't afford to keep us on, mm-hmm. which was really sad because it's a client that we really loved. But with that, we were able to create a little bit of space to work on some personal projects, which was really nice because we've never had time to do that before. And then as soon as we started doing that, we just started getting more influencer campaigns come through. So we have been quite busy and then with um, the death of George Floyd and, yeah, the resurgence of Black Lives Matter being in everyone's, well, not even resurgence, it's never been this big, but, you know, being on everyone's lips. 
um, we've been, you know, the busiest we've ever been, but we are also diversity focused. So if that makes sense for us. So what advice do you have for influencers or maybe people that are starting to notice that they've got a growing influence and they're maybe feeling um, like they don't know whether they need an agency, they don't know whether it fits in with their kind of sustainable sustainable like lifestyle and their morals and stuff what advice would you have for people that are looking to grow in that space as in to be managed by an agency yeah or yeah just to kind of grow their influence but you know stick with their um morals i think it's really important to know why you want to be an influencer i did a talk on this the other day with the black british bloggers platform and it was basically saying that there has to be a reason why you're doing what you're doing when like in 2010 2011 when you know Patricia Bright Zoella Tanya Burr Chapman sisters when they were all creating content and going viral on YouTube and you know building their platforms they weren't doing it because they wanted to make money there was no money in the industry at that time they were doing it because they genuinely loved makeup fashion Primark hauls like they genuinely liked it it wasn't because they wanted to cash in um because that came a lot later so obviously now these people are huge and they are millionaires and Mm -hmm. make lots of money which they probably never saw coming which is incredible most of them were taken on by Dom founder of Gleam who you know had a great vision for influencers before it was even a thing But um, I just think knowing why you want to promote beauty products or promote fashion, regardless of whether you're talking about sustainability or not, why is it that you want to do it? I find it really unnerving that people want to be an influencer to be an influencer and to make money from it because you're not going to make money unless your audience genuinely like what you're giving them. And if brands... Can see, it's either two ways brands can see that you're in, you know having you have a super engaged audience and what you're giving out is what they want they'll pay you for it or you can use things like affiliate links or you know make money in other ways through your audience but they have to actually want what you're giving so if you if that's not authentic and easy to see they're probably not going to follow you and then your numbers aren't going to grow and then you're not going to be a massive influencer so I think it's really important to just Whatever you want to do, don't focus on making money. Mm. Don't focus on numbers. Don't focus on trying to grow really quickly. Because social media numbers mean absolutely nothing. I have always said this. I have 30,000 followers, which is amazing. And I you know, love that I have this new number because I had like 8,000 followers a month ago. And um, I think that's great. But I have always made an income on my through Instagram mm. since I started. Well, not through my blog and Instagram, but since I started blogging in 2012 I think from 2014 I started making an income and that's sometimes you know some months it's tiny some months it's massive some months it's like in the middle but it just depends on how much work I'm doing and what I'm pushing but with 5,000 followers you know I was able to sustain myself whilst trying to build my business so was making no money as an agency because I was trying to like pitch and stuff but I had content creation on the side you know taking pictures for brands behind the scenes doing some like freelance work on the influencer side as an influencer and then also doing paid campaigns and then now and again affiliate links which is always a nice little bit of passive income 
but you know there's always been money there but that's because I've always had and I can't speak for it now because I've got a new influx, influx of followers that I haven't really connected with and I don't really know anything about and they're not as engaged as my older you know my smaller following was but it's because I haven't spent the time with them but that five to eight thousand followers I've had for the last six years they were super engaged because they felt like we were friends and I genuinely felt like I was friends with everyone that followed me so um I think that's what's important just doing it for a purpose regardless Mm -hmm. of what that purpose is Yeah, I had never really given that much thought to the numbers until recently when I started following um, Influencer Pay Gap on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's been really interesting to see the level of followers compared to the level of engagement. And, you know, people with what I would consider a small following still being able to charge decent amounts of money for content. Yeah, we have on our roster, we have a couple of really small talent influencers who generate generate a really great income because their audience loves what they do they will buy anything that they are selling because they truly believe in it and I think that's amazing and I'm all for that whereas I've seen people with massive followings who have no engagement no one really cares what they're talking about they're just following for following and you know I wouldn't pay them to do anything because I know that the return wouldn't be anything. It would, you know, it would be a waste. Mm. So I think rather than looking at your numbers, your followers, it's looking at first of all the quality of them. So who is it that's following you? Do you have loads of like really amazing um, brands following you? And that's like opportunity. Do you have loads of experts following you? And then you are seen as an expert because you're, teaching the experts do you have loads of your mates following you if it's just your mates but they love you're the tastemaker in your group and you love they love what you're selling and they will buy anything that you suggest then that's also great it's just figuring out who it is that you're that's following you and making sure that you create content for them Mm. it's very much like as you're talking I'm thinking yeah like it's very similar to running a brand and it is that it's just your personal brand isn't it yeah like as a small brand I have time to like write hand um, written notes to put in my orders and I have time to respond to people's messages and get to know my customers and it yeah that's exactly the same like getting to know your followers and knowing exactly what they want yeah that's exactly it it's really lame to say but your personal brand and your business brand is the same thing you know I can contest to that in that I as a company 76 gets all of its clients either through word of mouth or through my Instagram and like if we didn't have our own Instagram it wouldn't matter because people come to my Instagram anyway and I've never I think I've pitched twice in the like the year that we've year and a half that we've been around not successfully and um it just shows like if you force something like we're in a really privileged situation um but if you force something it's not meant to be but people have really bought into me Mm. and when I first launched the company I was a bit weirded out of like being face I didn't want I wanted it to be faceless I've never wanted the company to be about me because it's not about me and in fact it's so far from being about me in my mind that's what's annoying because if we think about representation in the industry the black people that are represented look like me (laughs) so I want to separate myself and make sure that I'm not the poster person of diversity because in fact 
I have my face, not so much my hair, because I've got quite bordering Afro hair. Um, but you know, my skin color is the color of like the palatable black person, the you know, that lighter skin that you'd see on the MS adverts as as a as a kid. And, you know, all of the high street shops, if you saw a black person, that's who they would look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm very aware of that's who I am. And when I talk about diversity, I don't talk about, obviously I'm talking about for everyone, but there are other people that need it more than me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how your personal brand and your business brand could be that different if it's something you work on all day long. You know, I don't really know how anyone could, I mean, personally, I don't know how they could be disconnected from each other when when you're starting something up, you're so involved in it and yeah. you think about it all the time. And yeah, thinking about like when I discover a new brand or a new page, I'm always scrolling down to try and look to see who runs it, to try and see who the person is that's the founder or like to find out a little bit more about their story. Yeah, I think lockdown has been a really interesting time because people have more they've had more time and you're seeing a lot of brand founders you're seeing a lot of you know people behind the scenes you probably wouldn't have seen before but they've just run out of content so (laughs) so they're like pushing themselves to the front which I think is amazing Mm. because I always want to know who I'm buying from I am one of those people that before I shop somewhere I'll check to see if it's a small business because you know with like a big company you you don't really know Mm. so it's a board but if it's a small business I want to know like what does the founder look like where what's their story yeah um, what does their dog look like <laughs> yeah exactly like does their dog have an instagram account can i <laughs> can i follow it so yeah that's that's been like my favorite thing about lockdown is just seeing so many founders like pop out and be like oh hi by the way it's me and you're like oh that's amazing and now you have that connection with the brands even more because you can visualize the people and not even the founders they've got like the marketing team and different people they're just they're creating content because there's no one else to do it for them Mm. so yeah it's it's been really great yeah it's really fun to put a face to a name and I think as well when um lockdown started and people like yeah small brands do need your support you know um founders started getting a lot more open and a lot more honest and being like this is how the lockdown and the pandemic is affecting me and this is how your support helps my business Mm -hmm. what's your favorite part of running the agency I love the creative side. So this week alone, we've had like four really, really exciting phone calls with some brands, charities, platforms that want to do some like amazing work that's not really budget involved. Like, yeah, I think all the ones I'm thinking about, there's no money involved, (laughs) which is really bad as a business to say that. But I love doing things that make a difference. So I do a lot behind the scenes that we don't talk about and I'm fine with but we're yeah there's a lot of projects that we're working on now that we're going to go a bit more public with and um it's just really exciting like sharing it with the team and being like okay I met with this person today and they want to do this and I think the way we can help them by amplifying this or sometimes like we help them in the backgrounds by doing like the digital stuff that no one really sees and that's fine or we create their you know um their like press releases or do their writing for them so that the message gets sent but people don't know that we do it and that's really fun because I had a call today actually as an example where we helped a brand with their um diversity strategy and their Black Lives Matter agenda and um I was talking to a new client and went through what it would look like for them and there was 
a line that we must have used in the, the other client, client's work, which was just like a structure of how we work. And she was like, oh, I saw this in, you know, this thing that she saw. And I thought it was really like, really cool and like really different. I've never seen anyone talk about diversity in that way. And I didn't click that it was that you guys did it. And I was like, oh yeah, we don't talk about the diversity side. We don't like out the brands that, <laughs> that come to us. <laughs> um really like you know needs a lot of help whatever but um yeah she was just like oh that's really cool and then she got really excited because we were we were going to do something similar for her company but she'd already seen it and loved it with another brand and that kind of stuff makes me happy because the stuff that we do actually does make a difference we do things like everything I think about regardless of whether it's with a sustainable brand because that's my personal journey not my business journey. Mm. Like if it's if we're working with a sustainable brand or an ethical brand, that's amazing. But regardless of whether it's a massive company that's you know fast fashion, personally, I wouldn't work like I wouldn't wear. But I know that there are people out there who would wear those clothes and would buy from them. And now they are seeing certain groups represented in their marketing and would feel like they could see themselves in the, those clothes or you know with that product. That makes me happy. So it's not just about, you know, personal gain. It's like the little girl seeing a girl that would look like her when she's older in a campaign or rising up someone's, like lifting up someone's voice who doesn't get heard because they don't have the following, but using either like marketing technology, science, boring stuff, or our platform to amplify them and they're able to shout a bit louder. And that's the kind of stuff I live for because there's so many people doing amazing things at the moment um, that just don't get heard and don't get seen because they don't have a big following. And I just don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's such a such a cool way that, you know, it's something's come back around and the yeah. work that you've put in has, yeah, come back around. That's really cool. Um, what does the future hold for the agency, if you can share a little bit of that? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we work literally on like a two-week turnaround. So after two weeks, like people put things in my in my diary and I'm always just like, in two weeks time, like it's free because I don't work that far in advance. I want to see the team grow. We're a team of four. And I want to see that grow. Our talent roster will grow um, of people that who we manage. Um, we have our 7-6 Influencer Network, which is a network for um, influencers who identify as a person of colour. And that's like a membership and support network. So we offer social media help, be that webinars. You know, we do webinars with like Instagram and Facebook and giving guidance on like how to be the best content advice. We offer advice on pricing, which I think is really, really important. They have an option to put time in my diary and have a one-to-one with me and talk through ways that they could, you know, get better their content or their brand. Um, so that should grow. We're on about 200, I think just over 200 people at the moment. But I want to see that grow because there are so many content creators in the world. If we can help, you know at least a little bit of them I would be happy and 200 is not even anywhere near you know the number uh, that's a little bit yeah so just growth in all senses of the word is what I'm looking for and with that growth it's like touching more people making sure that people are educated people are paid people are seen that's 
what we're here for. Yeah, I can imagine that support network must be so crucial because the whole industry is really not that transparent. You know, it must be so valuable to have someone to talk to and be like, hey, what, you know, what is a reasonable amount? Like, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing this right? Yeah, that is actually our most asked question. Pricing, how should I price myself? This has come in, what what do you think I should price? We're really fair with pricing. We work with all kinds of brands so we understand different budgets, but we're really, really fair. And, you know, some people might charge more than what we suggest but I've seen to be honest I've seen people charge way less than what we suggest and I'm like whoa why are you charging that amount that's insane like you're worth way more than that I just want to make sure that people understand that there is money in this industry there's a lot of money people buy houses and cars and raise families on the income they receive of being an influencer I'm hoping to be one one of those people next year um so that I'm manifesting yeah so I just want people to understand that and take advantage of what is there because the industry will change for the better I hope but at the moment there are no rules and regulations we're a completely unregulated industry apart from the ASA guidelines which is an advertising standard not an influencer specific standard, which I I actually really struggle with. We don't have, you know, an authority that looks after us as an industry, which is mind blowing considering how long this industry has been around for and how much money there is. I think we're on like 20, 20 million a year for influencer marketing in 2020 or something like that. So it's insane that people don't understand how it works still. So yeah, we're happy to teach that. Yeah, actually, that was a question that I was going to ask earlier on, and then it slipped out my mind, was how have those regulations impacted your work, you know, when people have to declare what's ads and what's gifted? It, I just, I think it's important. I think, I actually agree with the regulations. I just find the way we do it is just a bit uncreative. I think it's really important that consumers understand what is an advertisement and what isn't. I'm really, really hot on that. And all the influencers that we work with, I make sure that they have the guidelines and they are up to date and know what we're talking about. But at the same time, it's that just having a hashtag ad, is that enough? I don't know. I think captions should be more creative. We should be telling a story. And I think just having a hashtag ad is actually just a bit like, sometimes I'll do an ad, but rather than using hashtag ad, I would want to explain that this is an advertisement and why. And then I think having the hashtag ad makes it look so like ugly. It's a requirement. It will always be there. But I'm genuinely just explaining why this is an advertisement. And I think we shouldn't be afraid of hashtag ads and advertising. I think it's it's like a a badge to bear. I think if someone's paid you to do something, that's Mm. great. Doing your job properly. Like if you're being paid for your job, that's great. Um, And I think it's expected now of influencers. Um, I just think, I just think we need a little bit more guidance but we'll see what comes through yeah hopefully there will be more in the future <laughs> so you have a lot going on and you you know like you told us you are a founder um which is busy at the best of times how mm-hmm. do you look after yourself and take time for yourself and maybe find some balance in your daily life this is the second time someone's asking this question today i don't like that <laughs> i live with my partner my boyfriend and he is very good at forcing me to switch off when i don't need to Unfortunately, having a small team means that everyone has to do as much work as they can. 
and I do the most because my salary doesn't really exist (laughs) so I just do work when it's needed so I'm the one that everyone has a certain amount of work working hours but I'm the one that can do like 12 to 16 hour days which is insane but it's not I always think like it's not forever I'm trying to focus on more balance so I, I take weekends off um which I think is really important it's not always but I try to take weekends off we have a rule of no phones in the bedroom which really helps and then I try if I don't have loads on to get everything done as in like checking social media all emails like any work done by 8 p.m which is actually quite late but 8 p.m um and once that's done I put my phone in another room or I have two phones, so sometimes I might have all my social media switched off, but then just have my WhatsApp for my friends, and then all the other stuff is on my other phone. So yeah, I'm not very good at it. I have friends who are excellent at it. My friend Chloe Pierre, she runs a wellness platform called Thyself, and she's constantly giving me tips and constantly um, telling me to chill out, which is great. Um, it's a lot easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, but she gives like really good tangible tips. And then also my mum-in-law is a yoga teacher and she sends me breathing techniques. And like yesterday, actually, I've just reminded myself I have to do it. She sent me a DM of a video that she saw and she said, this isn't a request. I need you to do this in the next 24 hours. I'm going to call you to check. So, um, yeah, I have quite like militant people in my life that make sure that I'm grounded. A good support system. Yeah, that for me, if I didn't have that, then, you know, your company wouldn't exist because Mm. I'm reliant on my friends and family. So at the end of every podcast, I ask my guests what they've seen or read recently that's left them feeling positive and uplifted about the future. So we end on a positive note. Do you know what? My brother sent me a video of my niece um, this morning, a five minute presentation that she gave to the headmistress about, she goes to an all girls school. It's very like, it's a very feminist <laughs> um, about historical female figure that she has found that she thinks is amazing and um I didn't watch it fully I, I had no idea who she was talking about but I watched the video and the excitement that I could see on her face about this woman I think it was like the first woman to fly an airplane or something and she traveled the world and I could see she learned it she was my, my niece is seven so she learned this presentation. She was so great at speaking, public speaking. And she was really excited to have studied this woman's journey and present it. And knowing that she has that education, that women are unstoppable, that they can fly airplanes, they can do whatever they want. And they have done forever. Um, not this isn't a new thing. That made me really happy. So seeing when I see my my nieces who haven't been molded to the world yet being fearless and confident and excited and educated about their history or about the world in a positive way that make literally makes my heart full of joy because there is hope Mm. that we can have the next generation of super smart super interesting well-educated hyper-feminist boys and girls and everything in between and just like great people so that I would say is what's made me excited today (laughs) that's such a lovely one the future generations are so important 
Oh yeah. How can people find you, get in touch with you, whether they're a brand, an influencer, whether they want to work with you or they just want to follow you and see what you're up to, where can they find you? So if you want to find me personally, I am Charlotte76 on Instagram, the letters, not the numbers. We, if you want to get in contact, it's charlotte at 76agency.com. If you're a brand or an influencer, whatever, just email me. We also are on Instagram as a brand, as 76agency. So everything has 76 in it in some way. So just remember um, that and you're good. <laughs> yeah, just like find 76. But oh yeah, 76agency on Instagram because there is another 76 logo. But yeah, so hit me up. Great. Thank you. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for your time today and good luck with all of your future projects. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful if you could go ahead and leave me a review and subscribe. It really does make a difference and help other people find my podcast. This podcast is currently not sponsored, as you may have noticed, and I do all the work for it myself. So any help spreading the word would be absolutely amazing. If you want to find out more about Agnes London, you can follow me on Instagram at Agnes London or check out my website, www.agneslondon.com. Thank you, and I'll see you next week with another episode.